Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Heavenly Father, we come again with bowed heads and humbled hearts and contrite spirits. Thanking you again, Lord, for another day not promised to us. Lord, I ask that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and transgressions and shortcomings and those things, Lord, that place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm so grateful for this time that I get to fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm also thankful, Lord, that you allow us to see another day that gives us more time, Lord, to do your will and get to discover how great a God you are. I'm asking, Lord, that this group, that we can raise up, Lord, and live to our full potential. I'm asking, Lord, that you introduce us to people that are willing to hear the gospel, Lord, and see the truth. But let their hearts and their minds be open to do so, Lord, that they won't bring trouble our way. But if they should, we know, Lord, that you handle all things. I'm asking, Lord, that you keep us safe from the devices of the enemy, all plots, plans, and schemes that he has, Lord. I'm asking that they be ceased. I'm asking, Lord, that you bind every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, every spirit of contention, every spirit of confusion, every spirit of rejection, hatred, malice, Lord, the homosexual spirit, Lord, all things that have nothing to do with you. I'm asking, Lord, that they be bound and taken out of the way. All principalities and powers, Lord, will be under your feet. I'm asking that they be bound and held by the authority of Jesus Christ. I'm asking that your Holy Ghost, Lord, flows through here and falls on us, that we not utter words that don't come from you, that we stay strong in the gospel, Lord, and let you teach us this lesson, Lord, that you have set before us, and may we have many more. Lord, let us all become participants in your word. Give us a desire, Lord, to go out and do your will. Let us function as a real body of Christ, Lord, as your body. Let us be identified with you in all things that we do. Let us be changed and transformed more and more into the image of you every day. For you are the King of kings and Lord, King of kings, Lord of lords, almighty God, worthy, holy, uh, worthy to be praised, faithful, Lord, and just and true. Uh, Lord, do it for your glory. Do it for your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So tonight's study is going to be called... Satan's secret weapon, the nature of the beats. Because one thing that we need to understand as far as the word of God is, is that it makes very clear how we're supposed to worship our God. All music, which a lot of people believe, does not come from Satan. I mean, does not come from the Lord. You know, there are things that Satan himself has used because he had an understanding when he fell from heaven, what, how to work music, how to do things with music. His knowledge far exceeds anything that we can possibly imagine. You know, and hopefully we learn through this study that music itself is spiritual. Music itself is physical, of course. You can hear it. But it also has a language. It's also mathematical. And see, there are a lot of things in our makeup that we don't recognize when God made us. 
that we are supposed to be instruments for him to use, even using our voices to proclaim the gospel, that we are instruments for the Lord. And um, so we're going to get into his tactics, what he's done. He's taken the church and um, pretty much, you know, changed the real gospel hymns and songs. He's turned them into, you know, uh, concert music. Everything that is just like the music of today and people think it's okay because they think that they get the opportunity to worship the Lord with their gifts. Well, there's some things that the Lord doesn't like and there's some things that the Lord feels are not for him, you know, and have nothing to do with his spirit. So we're going to dive deep into how it affects us spiritually, our makeup, the mathematics involved in it, how it tunes us in our behaviors and things that we do to get us to do what the devil wants us to do and not the Lord. Now, you know that real songs of the Lord will gl will glorify the Lord, and you got other songs that will be all about self, you know, humanism, degrading others, you know, uh, a form of enchantment, really, because the more you say something and you hear it over and over again, it can totally hypnotize a person and get you to act out. You know, what's that saying, life imitating art? It's true. You know, whatever you see in art, whatever you see in TV, whatever's in movies, you'll find a culture that will follow right behind it. Okay, so without um, going any further, let's go into uh, Ezekiel 28. Matter of fact, let's go to 2 Corinthians um, chapter 10. What? I was going to make a quick point. Um, yesterday when I was at the gym, and you know they have gym music playing, and it's all different kind of music. Well, it was an older Britney Spears song that was on, but it was one of the phrases in the song was, Living in sin is the new end. I mean, that was part of the song that she sang. Living in sin is the new end? Yeah. Well, you know, and that's exactly what the enemy wants us to believe. That's just the way that he is. That's mm -hmm. just the way he does things. And, you know, it doesn't surprise me because the Lord spoke of these times coming. Uh, let's go to Ezekiel 28. We'll start at the... Oh, no, no matter of fact, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Yeah. Verse 1. Because people would say, okay, why do we discuss these things? Why do we talk about evolution? Why do we talk about, you know, science and all these other things? Like some people feel, well, can't we just focus on Jesus? But the Bible says that we are not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Right. So I figured we'd start in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, to give an idea as to why we're doing what we're doing, why I feel it's important. All right, so we'll go from here, and it says, Now I, Paul, myself, uh, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence uh, am base among you, but being absent and bold toward you, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that uh, confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some uh, which, think, uh, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 
So this is why we're doing what we're doing concerning this, because, you know, let's look at this thing over. We don't war after the flesh. We walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. Well, guess what? Satan doesn't walk in the flesh either, but he tries to keep us in the flesh, and he wars against our spirit, right. you know, and our flesh. So, you know, he also uses weapons that are not carnal, but mighty through his demonic power to the building of strongholds. That's something that we have to recognize. So if he can attack us through music, through TV, through, you know, philosophy and education, right. If he can attack us through all this stuff, then that tells you that he can build a stronghold in you. And this is why you find a lot of people that can't drop the world because the devil has fortified his home right. using his weapons of warfare. Okay, but then it says, uh, so he can build strongholds as the Lord pulls them down. But then it says, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Now, Satan can put into your imagination things that will build you up in your imagination, believing the world to be other than the truth, other than what the Lord knows it to be and those that are outside of the world to be. So Satan can very easily take this list and turn it for his benefit. Casting down imaginations, that's what the Lord does. Satan can build in your imagination. And this is why people think they're little Wayne, walking around, pants hanging, looking like an organ grinder's monkey, you know, long hair draped down their backs, you know, just walking around. You got Nicki Minaj in the mall. You got Beyonce. You got Jay-Z. Everybody's trying to be somebody they've seen. So the thing is, is that he can work on the imagination. But I love the last part of this where it says, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So you know that Satan would do bring in every thought. He'd bring you into captivity of every thought that's against Christ. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing is trying to bring people back to the truth, to forsake the world and the things of the world, and come into the obedience of Christ. Okay, so this is why we do what we do, right. because the devil has many tricks, he has many plans, he has plots, schemes, and so many different things that the Lord wants us to be prepared for. All right, so um, from here, let's go to Ezekiel 28. Let's understand our adversary. He wants to hold. Ezekiel 28? No. Um, no, we're done with that for now. Right now, you know, early in Ezekiel 28, this is the, the prince of Tyrus that they're talking about, which is none other than the Antichrist or a physical man that was on the earth. Some people believe that it was um, Satan before he fell, and then it was Satan after he fell. You know, the second part is after he fell. The first one is before he fell. I don't know for sure, but I know for a fact that the second one itself, when we pick it up in uh, Ezekiel 28, verse 11, this is Satan that they're speaking of, because you know he's not a man. Okay, so then it says, uh, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. 
So Satan is full of wisdom. I mean, you know, it didn't say his wisdom is perfect, but it says that he was full of wisdom. He sealeth up the sum. So all the wisdom that God could give to a living entity, he gave to Satan. He filled up the sum. Imagine that. He got the capacity of wisdom, not God's, not all of God's wisdom, but God gave him a portion to where he would be complete. And then it says perfect in beauty. We don't even know, even with the most attractive person we've ever seen in this world, or the, the best jewelry that you can look at. I mean, someone can pull out a diamond that's probably, you know, a foot wide, you know, but even that couldn't put you in awe as to how beautiful Satan was when he was Lucifer perfect in beauty. We don't even know what that's like. Mm -hmm. You'd probably drop dead if you saw him. That's how, you know, beautiful he was. Then it says, thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. So he was in the garden before Adam and Eve was. So he had a, a head start, you can say, above them as far as wisdom is concerned. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, the topaz, uh, the, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and gold, the workmanship of thy tabernacles, and of thy pipes, was prepared in thee the day that thou was created. So when you look at tabernacles here, they are like tambourines, you know, like drums, a sort of instrument. Then it says, and of thy pipes. So he was like a woodwind instrument as well. So this guy had the harmonics to be able to play like a brass or maybe even better, and be able to have a beat where he would, you know, make drums. So he was made as a musical instrument by the Lord to lead the praise and worship in heaven. So you know that this guy has wisdom in music far beyond anything that we can comprehend. Yeah. I could be wrong, but isn't there something in Revelations that kind of talks like that too? About the uh, stones? Yeah. Yeah, um, the kingdom of heaven, when it's built, is going to be... Um, you know, the new heaven and the new temple or whatever, it's supposed to have like um, 10 of these 12 stones. And the high priest walked around with these same stones when he would go into the most holy place. So maybe these stones were even needed to get that close to the Lord is why Lucifer had them. Right. It probably balanced him with the Lord or it was a form of worship. Because, you know, we don't understand everything in the spirit. So, you know, um, and that pipes was prepared in them. So... We understand from this that music is Satan's forte. This is what he does. You know, this is how good he could probably sing, you know, five different octaves at one time. <laughs> I mean, he could probably do all these things. He had a true knowledge of music. Then it says, Thou art the anointed cherub uh, that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created, till iniquity was found in thee. So he was a perfect, beautiful being up there with the Lord. He covered the throne of God. He was probably closer to the, to the Lord than anyone else. Now, I believe that right under Jesus, right under the Holy Ghost and the Father, he was probably number one right underneath them. He, I know he had rank over Michael because the Bible even tells you this. Right. You know, but the thing is, is that he had all this glory, but his pride, you know, is what destroyed him. Mm -hmm. So we'll read through this a little bit, and then we'll go right into the lesson. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled 
uh, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. So the Lord is going to destroy him because he no longer glorifies the Lord. If the Lord's going to cast him out as a profane thing, then that means he is that which made the temple dirty. Because iniquity was found in him and his pride lifted him up, the Lord was like, well, you got to go. Because now it's all about you. You're glorifying yourself. And you're going to see how this same action plays out today concerning music in, in the, um, the church. Okay. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Uh, thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thy iniquities, by iniquity of thy traffic, which meant slander. He was going around in heaven selling himself, you know, uh, slandering the Lord. Therefore will I uh, bring forth a fire from the midst of thee, uh, it shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. So, you know, I don't have to go further. I believe that fire from the midst of them was his anger, his rage, his hatred, which would eventually lead him to a lake of fire at the end of time. But so, you know, we understand the point here. He's lifted up in beauty and pride. So it became all about him and not about the Lord. Right. But the point that I wanted to bring up bigger than anything was this is his forte. This is what Lucifer knows. Okay? And, and that's music. And if we aren't careful, he can definitely use it against us. So um, I wanted to go into something just to show us how, um, let's see, something that was done. I think I'm going to read this real quick. I don't have, you know, any more of them because, you know, <laughs> I didn't know who was coming. And sometimes, you know, we waste a lot of paper bringing that stuff in, but. I'm just going to read this real quick. Um, this was a work that was done uh, by the enemy, and he used the government to do so, you know, to destroy people, you know, and it's called The Secret Meeting That Changed Rap Music and Destroyed a Generation. And it says, uh, after more than 20 years, I finally decided to tell the world what I witnessed in 1991 which I believe was one of the biggest turning points in popular music and ultimately American society. I have struggled for a long time weighing the pros and cons of making this story public as I was reluctant to implicate uh, the individuals who were present that day. So I've uh, simply decided to leave out names and all the details that may risk my personal well-being and that of those who were, like me, uh, dragged into something they weren't ready for. Okay, so this is a guy, you know, leaving himself anonymous. He's claiming that he attended a meeting around 1991. Why I believe this guy personally is, now Jake knows from being a rap fan and me myself, around 1990 to 91, we saw rap take a turn. Okay, it did begin in rebellion. It did begin in... Um, you know, just talking about your neighborhood, what's going on in the ghetto and all this stuff. But over time, we started to see a turn just from, you know, angry young men trying to give knowledge and tell their story to 
unprecedented murder on the streets. I mean, you know, to where we couldn't even imagine, you know, the type of violence that took place in America after this so-called meeting. So I believe it. Yeah, just lyrically, I don't think. Everything, yep. It says, uh, between the late uh, 80s and early 90s, I was what you may call a decision maker with one of the more established companies uh, in the music industry. I came from Europe uh, in the early 80s and quickly established myself in the business. The industry was different back then since technology and media weren't accessible to people uh, like they are today. The industry had more control over the public and had the means of influence, I mean, means to influence them any way I wanted. This may explain why in early 1991, I was invited to attend a closed door meeting with a small group of music business insiders to discuss rap music's new direction. Little did I know that we would be asked to participate in one of the most unethical and destructive business practices I've ever seen. Now, I honestly think, I don't want to speculate, but they said he came from England. There's only one rapper I know that came from England, but I'll leave his name anonymous, but he arrived in the 80s. And I know that he stopped rapping and he was out of jail by 1991, so there's no telling what it could be, but that's who I'm thinking it was. It wasn't Moni Love, I'll just put that out there. It's a man, so... Um, the next verse I'm going into, it says, well, next uh, paragraph, the meeting was held at a private residence on the outskirts of Los Angeles. I remember about 25 to 30 people being there, most of them familiar faces. Speaking to those I knew, we joked about the theme of the meeting, as many of us did not care for rap music and failed to see the purpose of being invited to a private gathering to discuss its future. Maybe it's not him. <laughs> Among the attendees uh, was a small group of unfamiliar faces who stayed to themselves and made no attempt to socialize beyond their circle. Based on their behavior and formal appearances, they didn't seem to be in our industry. Our casual chatter was interrupted when we were asked to sign a confidentiality agreement preventing us from publicly discussing the information presented during the meeting. Needless to say, this intrigued and in some cases disturbed many of us. Uh, the agreement was only a page long, but very clear on no matter, I mean, on the matter uh, that consequences which stated that violating the terms would result in job termination. We asked several people what this meeting was about and the reason uh, for such secrecy, but couldn't find anyone who had uh, answers for us. A few people refused to sign and walked out. No one stopped them. I was tempted to follow, but curiosity got the best of me. A man who was part of the unfamiliar group collected the agreements from us. Okay, so, you know, it's pretty clear it's the government, but we'll just continue. You know, it could have been, you know, I don't even want to go there, but uh, next um, paragraph. Quickly after the meeting began, one of my industry colleagues, who shall remain nameless, like everyone else, thanked us for attending. He then gave the floor to the man who only introduced himself by first name uh, and gave no further details 
about his personal background. I think he was the owner of the residence, but it was never confirmed. He briefly praised all of us uh, for the success we have achieved in our industry and congratulated us for being selected as part of this small group of decision makers. Now, one thing you got to understand about the enemy, because this is very clear, the enemy likes to give you praise just before they get ready to download the mess on you. You know, just before they get you into evil, you know, oh, you're, you're a good man in the business. I see you being promoted. You know, yeah, you can make six figures or better. And then before, when you get there, you know, then you find out you got to murder somebody or, you know, do something else. So this is the way the devil likes to butter you up before he lays out what he wants to. What's up? If you don't do it, though, you'll probably kill me. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. At this point, I began to feel slightly uncomfortable. Uh, strangeness uh, of this gathering. Uh, the quickly, I mean, the subject quickly changed as the speaker went on to tell us that the respective companies we represented had invested in a very profitable industry, which could become even more rewarding uh, with our active involvement. He explained that the companies we worked for had invested millions into the building uh, of privately owned prisons and that our uh, positions of influence in the music industry would actually impact uh, the, the profitability of these investments. I remember many of us in the group immediately looking at each other in confusion. At the time, I didn't know what a private prison was, but I uh, wasn't uh, the only one. Sure enough, someone asked what these prisons were and what any of this had to do with us. We were told that these prisons were built by privately owned companies who received funding from the government based on the number of inmates. The more inmates, the more money the government would pay these prisons. It was also made clear to us uh, that since these prisons are privately owned, as they become uh, publicly uh, traded, we'd be able to buy shares. Most of us were taken back by this. Again, a couple of people asked what this had to do with us. At this point, uh, my industry colleague, who had first opened the meeting, took the floor again and answered our questions. He told us that since our employers uh, had become silent investors uh, in this prison business, it was now in their interest to make sure that these uh, prisons remained filled. Our job would be to help make this happen uh, by marketing music uh, which promotes criminal behavior, rap being the music of choice. He assured us that this would be a great situation for us because rap music was becoming uh, an increasingly profitable market uh, for our companies. Uh, and as employee, uh, we'd also be able to buy personal stocks in these presents. Immediately, uh, silence came over the room. Now, he said you could um, have heard a pin drop. So, before we even go further into this, we know for a fact that this came to pass. If you know nothing else about what you've read so far, you know that this is true. I mean, violence spread through America like you wouldn't believe. It didn't just hit the black community. It went into the white community. It went all over the, the world. Mm -hmm. But if you notice... 
crime did go on an all-time high in the 90s. I remember this. I mean, they talked about violent gun crimes in one year. I think over 1,000 people one year, 1993, 94, man, people were dying just like that. You know, so you know that life imitates art, and you know that this plant, even if this person is making this up, well, they must be a prophet then because this is exactly what played out. Right. All right, so it says... Um, Let's see. Okay. Immediately, silence came over the room. You could have heard a pin drop. I remember looking around to make sure I wasn't dreaming and saw half of the people with dropped jaws. Uh, my days was interrupted when someone shouted, is this a bleeping joke? Uh, at that, at this point, uh, things became chaotic. I mean, chaotic. Two of the men who were part of the unfamiliar group grabbed the man and shouted out and attempted to remove him uh, from the from the house. A few of us, myself included, tried to intervene. Uh, one of them pulled out a gun, and we all backed off. <laughs> then separated us from the crowd, and all four of us were escorted outside. My industry colleague, who had opened the meeting earlier, hurried out uh, to meet us and reminded us that we had signed an uh, agreement and would suffer the consequences of speaking about this publicly, or even uh, with those who attended the meeting. I asked him why he was involved uh, with something this corrupt, and he replied that it was bigger than the music business, and nothing we want to challenge without risking consequences. We all protested, and as we walked, and as he walked back into the house, I remember word for word the last thing he said. It's out of my hands now. Remember, you signed an agreement. He then closed the door behind him. The men rushed us uh, to our cars and actually watched until we drove off. Now, um, I don't know how much of this I need to read, you know, afterwards, but I will say that obviously there's a big thing behind this. When this man said that it was out of his hands, <laughs> okay, that clearly tells you not just the men that were in that room holding the guns, okay? But this thing goes all the way back to Satan. And we know this. Let's go to Ephesians 2.2. 2. Ephesians 2.1. 2, Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you hath uh, he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So we know that the children of disobedience are those who obey God. You know that the Lord himself would never call a meeting like this okay, to do anything like that. So when the children of disobedience are at work and they call Satan himself the god of this world and he being the prince of the powers of the air, okay, then you know that he doesn't just control the air or us, the dense immediate atmosphere. He even controls the Internet, the airwaves, the radio uh, frequencies and things that go on. You see how he's even the god over those things. 
So when this guy was saying it's out of his hands, this thing goes so much further into, you know, where the, how deep that this thing really goes. Now, this guy is only going to elaborate. We'll put this on the site, but he's only going to elaborate on how he saw things were different from that point on. Okay, that this meeting was used for that, and you know that it came true. Yeah, go ahead. One thing I wanted to just mention real quick is, is that as we know that Satan waits patiently to see what he will get away with, mm -hmm. if you think about it, if he had tried that 20, 30 years before, well, at that point, you know, rap music wasn't even around, really, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's like he waited until after it came out, then he made a move. Mm -hmm. Because he's gonna wait until the time is right. He'll he'll push the envelope in certain areas, and if it doesn't work, he's like, okay, I'm gonna wait a few more years and see what happens. Because he wants to see what he can get away with. Yeah, yeah. Here's another thing, and it's kind of piggybacking on from what each of you already said. No, it's cool. You notice how every commercial now, or just about every movie, has a whole score of rap songs, mm -hmm. hip hop songs. Oh yeah. Yeah, and what we're going to understand, too, is all rap songs have particular types of beat. All reggae music, all Christian contemporary music, all has a beat that can open you up. And Satan understands, again, we proved that he had drums mm -hmm. and he had one inch, wind instruments. Mm -hmm. So he knows what um, types of beats can get people to do certain things. Right. Uh, I'm just going to read this one quick paragraph because I think it's important. So this guy didn't talk to anybody. He lived his life afraid, you know, worried about whatever. Uh, this is just this one paragraph here, and it says, As the months passed, rap music had definitely changed direction. I was never a fan of it, but even I could tell the difference. Rap acts uh, that talked about politics or harmless of uh, fun were quickly fading away as gangster rap uh, started dominating the airwaves. See, Prince of the Power of the Air. Only a few months have passed since the meeting, but I suspect that uh, the ideas presenting that day have been successfully implemented. I was as if the order had been uh, given to all major label executives. That's what I was going to say concerning this, that he pulled that small group of 30 together. But I'm sure that day, or maybe weeks before or a couple of weeks after, they weren't the only people that they talked to. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there were meetings all over the world, but this guy's the only one talking about it. I'm sure as this meeting was going on in L.A., there was another meeting in New York, there was another one in Philadelphia, there was another one in the South. You know, they would have been, they would have been going on all over. Detroit. Why they kept them in small groups is because a smaller group is easier to control. Imagine sitting in with a room assembly full of people and have those people cause a riot and break wild in there, and then everything would have gone to chaos. Oh, yeah. So they like to work in small groups. They just wanted the heads of companies there that they could control. Mm -hmm. All right, and it says, The music was climbing of the charts, and most companies were more than happy to capitalize, were more than happy to capitalize on it. Uh, each one was churning out their very own gangster rap acts on an assembly line. Everyone bought into it. Uh, customers concluded, I mean, included uh, violence and drug. Violence and drug use became a central theme in most rap, in most rap music. Mm -hmm. 
I spoke to a few of my peers in the industry to get their opinions on the new trend, but was told repeatedly that it was all about supply and demand. Sadly, many of them uh, went expressed, I mean, even expressed that the music reinforced their prejudice of minorities. <laughs> you know, because it was kind of like they're going to make their money off of whomever they want to. Yeah. Again, we know that this happened. Now, some people would say, I don't understand how this sort of thing can happen. How is it possible that just by listening to music or holding these little meetings that you're trying to tell me a room of 30 men exactly can turn around and just make everything different? Well, you got to understand. Let's go to Ephesians 6. We're going to get into that, too. Well, you got to understand what forces we're dealing with. That's all Satan has done through music yeah. over the well, past and, 100 years. And real quick, uh, you look at the modern rap, the, the whole skinny jean agenda. And mm -hmm. a, lot of the, a lot of the rappers look feminine. Or You saw the baggy pants and guys look, mm -hmm. you know. Exactly. Rough. Exactly. And this is why Ephesians 6, uh, we'll go to verse 10. Almost there, Joe? Yeah. All right. It Sorry. says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, what are the wiles of the devil? His tricks, obviously. Mm -hmm. Things that he can do. Now, he called them wiles, meaning the devil has many tricks. Yeah. So if, we not, if we're not careful about you know, what his tricks are and what we need to know concerning him, we can easily be baited into this. He said, stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestled not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, the interesting thing here, we already know that uh, principalities and powers, they're ranks of angels. Okay, they are not... Uh, what we think of as physical beings. They may control the physical on different levels, you know, cities, governments, you know, city, state, you know, then you got governments, and then you got countries, and then those countries are continents. Now they're talking regions, okay? And, and sitting on top of that whole pyramid is Satan himself, the spiritual wickedness in high places. So he's saying here that we need to be aware of these things. Right. Let's go to First uh, John... Uh, chapter 2, I believe. I just want to strangle that dog. 2 <laughs> Corinthians uh, chapter 2, actually, I think it is. Sorry, guys. It's 2 Corinthians 2. So you know that the enemy, and we're even going to go deeper into, you know, how the enemy works, what he's doing, and what he's been doing for a long time. All right, we'll start at verse 10. To whom ye forgive uh, anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, uh, for your sakes, or uh, forgave I it <laughs> uh, in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So it would do us good to understand what his devices are, how they work, how they can hinder your walk with Christ. 
Now, when the Lord made us, the Bible says in uh, Psalm 139, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. So we know we don't even know how we are made that we can accommodate music, how music changes our moods, how it does things to us. We don't understand the depths of how we were made because so much damage has been done to us and we put so much emphasis on the flesh. Right. But we may not understand how there are certain things we take in, how they destroy us. So it would be good to know what these things are and have an understanding of the enemy's realm and why we shouldn't partake in that, you know, in that fleshly uh, stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, so from here I want to um, read one other thing. All right. Uh, this is called, Here's Why You Should Consider Converting Your Music to A432 Hertz. Now, all music today is usually tuned out at 440 hertz. So this guy is going to explain why 440 hertz is damaging to us as individuals and that the, you know, classical music, 432 hertz, you know, music that were, when they used the instruments, it wasn't as pumped up as you see today that it was actually healing, where people would relax. You know, where doctors would even recommend, hey, listen to classical music or this. You know, it would help people in their blood pressure. But today's music, I mean, it's just right at you. Yeah. It destroys. All right, so it says, now this is something from Einstein. You know, I hate this humanist garbage, but I'm just going to read it real quick. He says, what we have called matter is energy, whose vibration has been so lowered as to be uh, perceptible uh, to the senses, uh, there is no matter. Now, that's what he says, whatever. Uh, Tesla said it. Einstein agreed. Science proved it. It is a known fact that everything, including our own bodies, is made up of energy vibrating at different frequencies. That being said, it seems logical to wonder, can sound frequencies affect us? It would appear that this is the case. Frequencies affect frequencies, much like mixing ingredients with other ingredients affects the overall flavor of a meal. The way frequencies affect the physical world uh, has been demonstrated through various uh, experiments, such as the science of semantics uh, and water memory. Now, this is a little thing on semantics. Um, they illustrate that when sound frequencies move through a particular medium, such as water, air, or sand, uh, they directly alter uh, the vibration of matter. Below are pictures demonstrating how particles adjust to different frequencies. Now, I don't have the pictures here, but I've seen them where, you know, when you are at 440 hertz, and I think uh, Martin talked about this before, that it just makes a distorted circle. I mean, it just doesn't even look like a circle. It's a mess. But when you have 432 it's perfect circles that are made as if it's in tune with us, you know, and our vibration. And I'm not speaking new age garbage. I'm talking about how we're made. Mm -hmm. It's just how you can listen to rap music or listen to other music and you get pumped up, angry, or feeling macho like you're a gangster. Yeah. That's what's happening to you at 440 hertz when you're listening to those words. But then you can have gospel music that glorifies the Lord and I mean, you just have this peace come over you where it's just, man, you know, I can feel the presence of the Lord in here. Mm -hmm. There's a relaxing, empowering feeling, but of healthiness, not of destruction. Okay, so this is what they're talking about. Um, we all hold a certain vibrational frequency, 
and our bodies are estimated to be about 70% water. Given the above experiments, it stands to reason that musical frequencies could also alter our own vibrational state. Every expression through sound, emotion, or, or thought holds a specific frequency, uh, which influences everything around it. Much like a single drop of water can create a larger ripple uh, effect in the uh, large body of water. Now, you know that this is true because of the fact that when it says every expression through sound, emotion, or thought holds a specific frequency, then you know why things are tuned at 440 hertz. Right. I mean, it's to get your mind distorted to not doing, you know, one, forget about God, two, not even being in good health, and you got nothing but negativity pumping through you. Yeah. And this is what you find today, even with a lot of young people, ignorance and violence uh, seems to be something to be proud of. You know, that you're proud of your ignorance. You're proud to be dirty. You're proud to be a thug. You're proud to just have a cursing vocabulary and caring nothing about anything else. Yeah. You know, so imagine trying to work with someone like that. All right, music frequency. Uh, with this concept in mind, let us bring our attention to the frequency of the music we listen to. Most music worldwide has been tuned at A440 hertz. Since the International Standards Organization uh, promoted it in 1953. Now notice, 1953 this started. What do we talk about? From 1960 and better, look what came into the world. Right. Look at how, you know, you had rap and you had, I mean, not rap, or rock music and all kinds yes. of stuff. Right, the wild 60s and all this other stuff. started even before then with Jerry Lee Lewis yep. and Elvis. Yep. Well, they were around 53. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, however, when looking at the vibration, vibratory uh, nature of the universe, it's possible that this pitch uh, is disharmonious uh, with the nature, with the natural <laughs> renaissance uh, of nature and may generate negative effects on human behavior and consciousness. Now you understand what that meeting was about and what they were trying to do. I'm just going to read a little bit more. We'll get back into the scriptures, mm -hmm. and then we'll go off into um, another thing. But it says, some theories, although unproven, which I believe they were, even suggest that the Nazi regime uh, had been in favor of adopting this pitch as standard after conducting scientific research to determine that uh, which range of frequencies best induce fear and aggression. Whether or not the conspiracy is factual, Interesting studies have pointed towards uh, the benefits of tuning music at A432 hertz instead. Mathematics of the Universe 432 hertz is said to be uh, mathematically consistent with the patterns of the universe. It is said that 432 hertz vibrates with the universe's golden mean, uh, PHI, and unifies uh, the properties of light, time, uh, space, matter, gravity, and magnetism with biology. The DNA code of consciousness. Uh, when our atoms and DNA start to resonate in harmony uh, with the spiraling pattern of nature, our sense of connection to nature is said to be magnified. Uh, the number 432 is also reflected in ratios of the sun, earth, and moon, as well as the uh, precession 
of the equinoxes, the Great Pyramid of Egypt, Stonehenge, uh, and the Sri uh, Yantra, uh, among many of sacred sites. Now, I don't know if this is true, but this guy is stating it. Now, you know that this would have something to do with why, you know, they called for that rap music. And I've even been um, told that rock music itself kind of um, witches use it to cast spells. He said rock music is thousands of years old. This guy, John Todd. So right now, we're just going to hear a quick clip of what John Todd was talking about because he brought up the fact that, you know, that it will make a difference. You know, so uh, let's hear what he has to say with it being interesting concerning what's what. That also, um, you said that was what Einstein was saying, what you just read? Because Einstein and another guy. Because um, this sounded like they were referring to the gold, God's golden ratio. Exactly. But the thing is, is that how can even people believe that there is no, um, that evolution just sprang about? When you got mathematics and all types of things, all in creation, exactly. all in the universe. Yeah. You'd have to be a moron to believe in evolution. I agree. And most people are. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hear what John Todd has to say. Rock music. He 
come on, Lance, you know what the reason is. I said, please, David, I don't want to guess. Tell me what the main reason is. He said the same as when you were in, so that we can place spells on people that we couldn't cast spells upon. I'll explain what that means in a minute. I said, okay, one last thing. I've been hearing that you must be an initiated witch now to get a record contract. He said, that's right. He said, many of us that weren't total witches have to be witches now in order to produce music. Thank you. The master is a tape about as big as the top of this podium that looks like an overgrown 8-track that the album is cut on and is placed in a machine that produces and presses the records and the 8-tracks and cassettes that you buy. After it's been recorded, it's taken in. This is why a master's cut months in advance before it's released. On the full moon, it's taken in to a temple room about the size of this auditorium that is in every one of the major music companies behind locked doors up in the executive office and it's placed on an altar sitting in the north of the room and a pentagram engraved in the floor and 13 hand-chosen witches and wizards and a coven come in and conjure a principality or a power up, usually Regia or something like that and order him to tell the demons under him to follow every record and every tape coming off of that master. As I tell many Christian parents, you can go home and count your kids' records, probably yours too, and count how many demons at least are there. That's too hard for me to believe. I'm sorry. That's why they do it. Now listen to me. This is why rock music's addicting. Have you ever seen kids that got rid of their music? They go around like this. They can't wait to find a rock station somewhere and they sneak off just like getting a cigarette or a fix because it's addicting. That's why they can't give it up. The rest of the conversation was this. You can't cast a spell on a Christian, but you can get a Christian to cast a spell on himself. If you give the permission for the spell to work, being a Christian won't block it. And rock music is not just a song. It is supernatural music that which is carefully designed by their spirit guides, the familiar spirits, in the form of spells. Now, although the devil's music's power is the music and God's music is the words, much of the songs are written in what we call witch language. Give you kind of an idea. You talk, many of you talk on a CB, unless you know what you, what a smoky is, and uh, a tin four, and uh, uh, a front door and back door rocking chair and these type of things. You don't know what you're talking about. Same with witches. When you're in the first and second level, you have to learn over 2,000 words that said by anybody else means something totally different than when you say them. Elton John has said he's never written a song or sung a song that wasn't in witch language. Now I want to show you something. See how many kids in here will be honest and adults. How many remember and have heard at least several times a song called Hotel California? Somebody tell me what it meant. Quickly, somebody tell me what it meant. Huh? That's pretty close. But from the words, what did it mean? Well, that's more of a guess. See, most people can't tell you. That's why when people do drugs and they listen to songs in which language, they get some of the meaning. But most of the time, they can't tell you. Stop and think how many songs are out there that you really like and you don't have any idea what the person was talking about. Beyond the Yellow Brick Road? How about The Destroyer by Kiss? Can anybody tell me what it's about? Kiss said in it, kids, show your parents. They're talking about Helder Skelter. Beatles sung Helder Skelter in which language nobody knew what it meant. Manson did because he belonged to the process. Helder Skelter is a seven, several thousand year old word. Most of the music is either about Helder Skelter or a place called the Nightwinds, which is what Hotel California is about, and different doctrines of witchcraft. You listen to them, your parents let you listen to them, and they have no idea. Kiss openly bragged how they were gaining control of people through their music 
because the people played their music. They told how they didn't form their own group. Their church, because they were ordained ministers of the Satanist church, placed them together. And that's how most of the music is done. David Crosby, when him and Crosby, still Nash and Young, produced the record Two-Way Street, they ordered the Principality of Medes to order demons of rebellion to go into the record, and everybody that heard it would be rebellious against law and order and government. And it was one of the reasons for the great upheaval in the 60s was that one album, and they take open credit for it. I have personally talked with Johnny Todd on the basis of Jack Chick's recommendation. Uh, having known Johnny Todd now for more than four years, and my having known him for some six months, I believe that Johnny Todd is a genuinely converted man, saved by the grace of God out of the depths of Satanism. Okay, I just wanted to get into that because, you know, a lot of people, I just wanted to get into that because I know a lot of people wouldn't believe it. Now, John Todd was a high-level witch in his life that was uh, a part of the Collins family, which was a part of the 13 families of the Illuminati. So this guy had some rank. He was a very high-level witch. He uh, was born again. You know, the Lord saved his life from where he was. He came back to find out some information from someone that he thought could tell him. And you see that the guy said straight out that rock music was only made for one purpose, and that was to place the demons on people that they wouldn't normally be able to cast spells on. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't this walk into the Christian church and be a big part of that? Why wouldn't you be able to bring that nonsense in here, that contemporary music, and have people worshiping it? So you know that there has to be some truth in that. And I know a lot of people have a problem. You know, they want to hold on to rap. They want to hold on to rock. But let's see what the Bible says. Let's go to Ephesians 5. One thing about a lot of modern Christian music or Christian contemporary music that you will find today is they speak very, very little about Jesus Christ. Very little. That's right. And that's why if you look at um, Ephesians 5, and we'll start at uh, 10. Let's go to Ephesians 5.10. Look at this. Uh, for the old well, 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. So you know that there's no fruit of the spirit in rap or in rock music. Let's just get that started. Mm -hmm. Then it says, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make uh, manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Now a lot of people would have a problem with that, because they're like, okay, well what does this have to do with whatever? The Lord is telling you, wake up out of your coma. If we, The fact that we have all this knowledge concerning what the devil is doing is a miraculous interaction of the Holy Ghost that is telling us so we won't be trapped and fall into the snares and the wiles of the devil. Absolutely. Look at 17. 
Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now you see how true worship of the Lord is going to have, you know, um, it's going to give bring melody in your heart to the Lord. Melody. It's going to push you in that direction where you want to worship, where there's peace over your mind. You're not getting any of the rap, any of the rock music. And that's why a lot of people think you can bring this into churches. Man, you can't bring that in here. That's nothing but the world. That rap music only reminds those that are trying to be saved by the Lord what the world was like. And also, if you ever seen rap in church, because I have, if you ever see it in church and everybody on your feet, get up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's how it begins. But you see, you're bringing another spirit in, all right, calling it Jesus Christ, when they don't understand the tempo, they don't understand the dynamics, they don't understand what the beats themselves do that are contrary to what God is or what his uh, type of worship is. Also, there's no real glory to God. Everybody throw your hands up. No, you're doing what Satan did by stepping in front of the Lord, trying to receive worship for yourself. Because real worship, you sing outwardly to him. You don't need everybody to raise their hands. Okay? You don't need all that stuff going on. Everybody on your feet. They get on their feet if they want to go on their feet. But see, if they rise for you, then it's about you. It's not about the Lord. Yep. It's not about outflowing to him. It's about, you know, everybody seeing who you are. You know, so I disagree with it. Like I said, the Bible says songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. I have yet to find one rap song that does that. Even when DMX converted, he had his same thug mentality in it. But all he did was try and say Jesus, but he didn't even say Jesus' name with any respect. He want to say Jesus, Jesus. I mean, that's how you worship your Lord. Now imagine the Lord. That's almost spot on, too. Though. Yeah, you know. But imagine the Lord, you know, in his in his Majesty on his throne. You got the angels there in battle array, and they're watching this guy lose his mind before them all. I mean, what would the Lord say about something like that? There's no reverence of his power and his love and his truth. You're trying to bring the world into the church, and the two just don't go together. All right, what so for me. Um, what did Paul Washer say? Basically, you know, having to uh, cause a false fire. Yeah, because they're not getting the real Holy Ghost falling on a church. Right. You know, they got to go for other things. Uh, this is also something written by. Um, it's called. Um, Psychologist says hip hop beats, violent lyrics, hypnotize kids, and changes their behavior. Oh, now we're going to read a little of this, and then we're going to go right back into the scriptures. Mm -hmm. But you see, John Todd made clear demons are in the music. For those that didn't hear, these guys take a master into a, a, a worship room, into a temple. Now a master is like, you know, that big track thing that they would pop tapes to record stuff. Now, you have a master, you know, on a full moon, they take this into a temple, and they pray demons into the master, you know, the master track, mm -hmm. and then they said for every song that comes out that a demon is supposed to follow that song, 
Now notice he said in the 60s that this stuff went on, and that's where you saw the rebellion. Yeah. So people got to understand there is a spiritual connection to music and to us. You know, it's not just a physical whatever it is that we want to hear. Go ahead. Don't mean to interrupt real quick, but cool. what he said about you know, Charles Manson picking up the Helter Skelter. Now, I heard years ago that the Beatles actually denied that that had anything to do, but it, I mean, it's obvious that it had everything to do with what he did. Yeah, look at the fact that, you know, everybody likes that song, Imagine. My parents used to play it. But see, I think because of that beat was so soothing, now that didn't sound like a 440 song, but listen to the words. But it was all ding, 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 ding. And then you got that. But then imagine all possessions. Imagine no religion. Imagine no hell below us, above us only sky. So this guy is talking about a world without God. Imagine all the people living in one, you know. And then it's just, oh, I hope someday you will join us. Oh, so you want us all to be antichrist. But you see, he said it in such a soft tone. That people would say, oh, man, like this is, yeah, man, what a, what a, what a vision, John. To deceive. What's that? He was doing that to deceive. Exactly. You know, but what a vision, John. You know, we will all be as one. That's right. One under the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. Because that song, um, Imagine, was totally Antichrist. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's also a solo John Lennon song. Uh, I think I want to, I think it's called I Believe. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I think he's so. He's got a line where he says, I don't believe in the Beatles. I don't believe in... Well, I don't want to say it. But then he says, but I believe in me. Oh, he said, I don't believe in God. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, but that's the spirit of Antichrist. So, you know, people think the Beatles were such good guys. They were from the pits of hell. They actually brought that New Age garbage in here. Mm -hmm. You know, with that, what's his name, that yogi guy. But I think he's still alive. But this guy was a big New World Order conglomerate. I mean, he was all for it. So we know that, again, the Beatles, it, didn't John Lennon even say, I'm more popular than Jesus Christ. You know, and when, see, that's when America was America. They took, man, all them albums, man, stomped on them in the streets. And he had to come out and have an open apology. He tried to say that he meant it completely different, but he didn't. Exactly. He didn't know he was going to get that type of reaction. So that was a test which he, you know, he somewhat passed because they just wanted to see how many Christians were still, was Jesus still their head. Now you got John, uh, Elton John stepping out there talking about he believes Jesus was a gay man, and no one says anything about it. No. You got Christians still buying John Lennon albums. I mean, not John Lennon, Elton John. Now, notice what John Todd said. Elton John didn't write one song that didn't have a which, which a lyrics in it. Yeah. So, you know, everything Elton John said was from the pit of hell. But, you know, practicing homosexual, you know, being knighted. The sodomite spirit does not like Jesus Christ. Okay, so however many of them claim to be Christians, they're not. Hands down. So here's a, um, an article on, um, it's called, Psych well, I, I read it already. Psychologist says uh, hip-hop beats, violent lyrics, hypnotize kids, and changes their behavior. Uh, Dr. Nelson Harrison is an interesting man. He is not only accomplished, but has a thirst for knowledge uh, that simply cannot be matched. 
He is a clinical psychologist. Well, I, I beg to differ with that. Cannot be matched. This is humanism. Mm -hmm. You know, ain't nobody stronger than or no more than the Spirit of God. Amen. He is a, a clinical psychologist, among other things, and has an acute understanding of the history of music and how music can affect the mind. As part of this, Dr. Boyce Watkins, uh, your Black World Spotlight, Dr. Harrison, speaks about the metaphysics of music and specifically answers questions relating to how hip-hop music can impact the minds of our kids. One of the most interesting pieces of Dr. Uh, Harrison's response is the following. The drum machine was designed to imitate music uh, human drummers. However, the machine produces a quantized uh, beat that is mathematically perfect. It makes it a perfect hypnotic trance inducer that allows post-hypnotic suggestions of uh, the intent to become embedded into the subconscious mind of the listener. So, you know, just imagine even having kids where parents are into this type of music. And, you know, you're sitting in there blasting your music and you got your little infant in there listening to it. Imagine the damage that's being done to them. They don't even have a choice on the matter. No. All right, so it says... The human subconscious mind receives uh, its basic programming between the ages of zero to six years. We see the results of uh, several decades of gangster rap coming through the earphones worn by a child in diapers on a daily basis. It certainly is not the child's fault that their reality base consists of some of the images that the industry is putting in the market. I found Dr. Nelson's work to be fascinating because it goes back to the debate that I had uh, with Georgetown University professor Michael Eric Dyson. During the debate, which you can uh, watch here, it's like a link, uh, I explained that when uh, children are being fed a daily message on the radio, which teaches them that black men are supposed to stay high, drunk, uh, kill one another, sleep with every woman in the building, and be proud of being ignorant, these destructive messages end up uh, creating an, an oppressive partnership uh, during which we buy into our own self-destruction. Now, you know, the Bible talks about this, you know, about glorying in their shame, that, that there are people that would glory in their shame, you know, with everything that they're doing. Does everybody understand that so far? Yep. All right. Um, Dr. Harrison's responses are somewhat long, but he's an interesting man, and I think that this kind of expertise is exactly what we need in order to understand what the world is trying to do to our children. Now, I don't know about going into all of this, but it's interesting just to make the point that this guy can explain how it affects you, but think about how teachers themselves are dealing with demon-possessed kids that are listening to this filth day in and day out and wondering why they can't learn because they're proud of being ignorant. Imagine what that does to a teacher. Imagine how, you know, if, if there are, like, like John Todd said, master tracks being thrown together, you know, demons being thrown into master tracks. And everything that comes off that synthesizer, or whatever it is that they're doing, you know, um, supposed to go into a rap album while it's recorded. Imagine the demons that these kids are infected with or possessed with.
by the age of six. And then you wonder why children are ADD, ADHD, can't understand certain things. You know, why they got behavioral problems. So this is a doctor, professor, explaining how this stuff plays out. I don't know how you can be a teacher in the public school system anymore. I really don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, look at this. This guy is a clinical psychology major, uh, speaker, composer, ASCP, I mean, ASCAP, um, lyricist, arranger, poet, playwright, educator, author, uh, activist, um, a photographer, trombonist, musician, inventor of the trombetto, founder, host of the uh, Pittsburgh Jazz Network. Can you please explain the idea behind the metaphys metaphysics of music? Now this I'm going to go into and then we can uh, get back to the scriptures, but it says, metaphysics is a paradigm that endeavors uh, to investigate first causes of all existence and knowledge. It seeks to explain uh, the nature of being, the origin and structure of the world, and relationship between the ethereal and the physical. Now, you know, you hear about the ether, that's Satan's realm. Mm -hmm. That's out there in the, you know, the ether, the atmosphere, you know, the second heaven. But, you know, metaphysical is like beyond physical, supernatural, okay? Um, and the physical. Uh, metaphysics holds that the soul, the spirit, and the physical body are one, as is the universe. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, the concept separation of, I mean, is an illusion of our limited choice of perception that are due in time to be challenged. Uh, the metaphysics of music and a comprehensive look into the properties and value of music are known by the ancients and rediscovered in modern understanding uh, with an examination of its value and utility in the new millennium. We refrain from discussing music as art on purpose in order to direct the reader's attention more towards the less familiar aspects of music. Quantum scientists have sought the smallest building block or substance in the universe for the past hundred or more years. The latest assessment is almost exactly what the ancients must have known. It is called string theory, uh, which uh, in essence says that the universe is music. It seems that uh, music may be the energy that organizes matter and perhaps everything else as well. Now, we do know, like I said, I, I read that article where they talk about stars themselves have harmonics. And you know that everything in this world is all made up of atoms and mathematical equations. So there are no accidents in the makeup of what God does. But then it talks about how, um, uh, let's see, uh, the, the meaning of the word, I think that's where I am, yeah. The meaning of the word music is far deeper, richer, and more complex than what any single source, especially a dictionary, which deals uh, in the outer layers and surface meanings, uh, could possibly define or describe. What they mean by string theory, this is what I wanted to get into. String theory itself is talking about like multiple dimensions. Like you would have us, we're in 3D. The fourth dimension they claim is time. The fifth dimension is the spirit realm, you know, and it goes on and on. There may be more than three or four or five dimensions. 
there may be 30 dimensions that God or these, you know, um, spiritual entities operate in. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, um, let's see. All right, layers of the surface meanings could possibly define or describe. If you trace the uh, etymology of music, you'll discover that early in human history, it meant uh, the art of the muses, uh, which covered in classical uh, mythology nine of the bases in the performance art, uh, including astronomy, uh, music of the spheres. Uh, muses are daughters of Zeus. He was supposed to have nine daughters that actually played instruments for him, you know, that did his will or whatever like that. So that's where you get musician from and stuff like that. But, you know, Zeus is none other than Satan. So you know that the music that they're playing is, is so not of God. Go ahead, bro. Uh, I just kind of thought of something. I'll yeah. try to make it quick. Yeah. So you had mentioned not too long ago ether means in the air well it's like the um, second heaven that uh, dense immediate atmosphere some psychics try and call it the Akashic records okay. you know it's like a realm between you know the outer space and the earth that dense immediate atmosphere but go ahead. well it's funny how we're on this topic of music and how hip hops and rap is you know demonic Mm -hmm. And what that word, what popped in my head was Nas's this uh, track, the ether. ether. Oh yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh yeah, I, I actually thought about that at the time it was going on, you know. But this guy, um, yeah, and I mean, you know, God's always revealing. There's some stuff that he understands, but notice John Todd said that no one gets a record contract unless you're a witch. You know, now, hey, you know, Beyonce, she's definitely a witch casting spells, talking about the stuff she's talking about. Rihanna is a real witch, which I've heard a lot of stories about her and things that she's done, being from the islands, you know, the West Indies and all. A lot of them dealing voodoo, witchcraft and stuff like that. You know, Jay-Z says that his third eye is open. He's quoting Aleister Crowley. So he's probably a witch, you know, at this point, a wizard or whatever they want to call him. But, you know, if you look at everybody in the music industry, and a lot of them will get their music inspiration off of acid trips or being high, because that's when the ether speaks to you, kind of like, um, what do you call it, like being placed in a trance so you can receive things. And some people think that these rappers, they'll sit back and listen, man, this guy's got so much flow. He can just flow. No, that's the demon that can flow under the influence of drugs. So these sort of things, you know, happen. I'm not saying that some of these guys don't have ability, but what I'm saying is they're taken to another level in the spirit realm. And that's why every time you have rap, every time you have rock and roll music, you got drugs. You got, you know, music playing. Why? Because those things open you up to the spirit realm. Okay. Well, I would have never even thought that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's so crazy that people don't understand the power of demons and the things that they can do. Uh, I think this is one more article and we'll move on. It says, when you listen to the violence, misogyny, etc. in mainstream hip-hop music, do you believe these lyrics to be harmless? Or do you believe that they impact thinking of, of young children? Uh, let's see, read a little of this. 
Uh, Hip-hop music is more than 40 years old now, and it has uh, positive and negative aspects that we must take into account. On the position side uh, in the poetry that emphasized rhyme and is set to, to a danceable beat, it emerged from a culture of adolescence who did not have the opportunity to learn traditional instruments uh, to the degree of their precedent generations. Children are always, I mean, will always create their own artistic expressions, and they usually choose a modality uh, that is a divergent of the trends preferred by their parents. Now, this is true. I mean, you can even take this subject outside. When, as a kid, I tend to love what my parents loved. You know, they were in the country music. I was in the country music. They liked this. I liked that. My mom was a Mets fan. I became a Mets fan. Okay, but that's because, you know, we tend to take up what their parents take up. This is also uh, expressed in dress and language styles, and adolescents are quick to copy what they perceive as a new trend. Rap originated as word uh, gamesmanship or word-up competition became increasingly popular. Uh, this can be seen as a positive trend towards vocabulary expansion, but it seems that the pre-adolescent is always looking for a way to one-up their predecessors. Now, you know that this is true, and this is where we began degrading one another. I mean, you go to a lot of the schools that I grew up in, and you got so many guys trying to one-up another. Oh, I got these shoes. Yeah, but your mother got this. Oh, yeah, but this and that. And they would just go back and forth, snapping on who had better what. Mm -hmm. Instead of going to school, they're in the bathrooms getting high, you know, trying to battle rap one another to see who can best too. So this is where they're saying it kind of the good part. This is his statement of it, that it increased the vocabulary, you know, by being able to one up. But, you know, most of the time they end up just in curse words. A lot of people don't have a vocabulary because half of them are curse words. So it decreases it as well. Uh, four letter uh, were incorporated for shock value as it has become a trend that minimized vocabulary expansion in favor of more explicit negative images of uh, adult behaviors associated with sex and violence. Playing the dozens uh, was the plantation game uh, used over many generations to train youth in attitude control in the face of insults of the vilest personal nature. Now what this guy is talking about here is if you understand what went on on the plantations when, when you know blacks were slaves and everything, that the master would call them names, every the lowest names in the book, and in turn, they would curse their children the exact same way. This is why you find so much negativity in black homes. And I'm not, this ain't just about the black family. This spirit follows everywhere. Mm -hmm. But this is where you'll hear you'll never amount to nothing. You're stupid. You're an idiot. You know, whatever, whatever. This is why guys will call their girlfriends, oh, shut up, B. Shut up, ho. And she sits there laughing, hanging on to his arm like he just said nothing. So we've been taught to desensitize each other through music and through what we were taught to not even refer to some of these things as bad. You know, they're looked at as a normal language. Mm -hmm. What was Too Short saying that song, um, Blow the Whistle? <laughs> What's my favorite word? Bleep something something. Bleep? I mean, they just use the word B like it's nothing. But if that's his favorite word, and you got many people that 
Too Short at the time was one of their favorite rappers, what's going to be your favorite word? So you're going to pick up everything that you learned from these organizations. So true. All right, so I mean, we don't need to beat this. You know, the point is to bring a sense of awareness, to have people understanding what some of this stuff is about. Well, if you can desensitize, especially the youth, because they're the next generation coming up, if you can really get the youth to be desensitized through this music and the parents to be desensitized through the music, then there's no telling how far it will go. Because, I mean, certain words that are propagated now, 20, 30 years ago, wouldn't have been. They wouldn't have been allowed, but over time... The more it goes on, all of a sudden you see, like you said before, Jake, men in skinny jeans because yeah. the rappers are in skinny jeans. Girls in skin-tight clothes that you can see the zipper, whatever, because Nicki Minaj has skin-tight clothes. And exactly. You're, you're cursing, and parents are not doing anything about it. Kids curse their parents out today, and nothing's done about it. No, and this is the attacks. These are the things that Satan uses mm -hmm. to destroy families. Let's go to Deuteronomy 18.10. Because what a lot of these people think that they understand with this is, I'm just listening to music. It's the type of music that I like. It's what I can relax to. Even though we just explained by this psychologist how rap music is metaphysical and can even cause damage to you, yeah. you know, through the 440 hertz, we then went through what... Of which John Todd said, you know, we went on how it destroys the church and all these things, but you'll still find the people that don't understand what this is about. They'll still look at it, you're just trying to control me. Let me like what I like. My question is, if it isn't demonic, why can't you just put it down? Why can't you just stop doing it? Why? Because there's a demon in you, the stronghold built by demons, that wants to hang on to this right. even though it's destroying you. Exactly. Deuteronomy 18.10, um, no matter of fact, let's start at 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abomination of those nations. So godly people are supposed to walk in another light. You know that the Egyptians have music. You know, let me make this quick point with that too, with their music. There are such things as acoustic levitations and things like that where if you get the right frequency... You can elevate heavy blocks and bricks. They believe that this is how Stonehenge was made. They believe that this is how um, the pyramids were built. Now, I can't say if that's true or not, but I do know that there is a such thing as acoustic levitation. So there are frequencies that can make things like that happen. Mm -hmm. Now, if Egypt was doing this stuff and the children of Egypt came, the children of Israel came out of these places, then the Lord was trying to show them something different from what they had just learned. Right. Now it says, When thou art come into the land uh, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found amongst you uh, anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination. Now that's a fortune teller. Passing your children through the fire would have been a type of Moloch's child sacrifice. But then it says um, divination. That's where people lay out the cards, fortune teller, try and tell your fortunes. Then it says, or an observer of times. An observer of times, astrologer. They're into that stuff, you know. All this about your birthday, all this about your sign, all that stuff. 
It has nothing to do with God. And then it says, uh, or an enchanter. Now, an enchanter is a key word here because enchanters are what these musicians or these rappers are. Because of the fact an enchanter is someone like a hypnotist, that they will uh, cast their spells before you. When I first picked this up, I remember I was in, um, I was bouncing at Blitz at the time, shouldn't have been there, but I'm sitting there and that song came out, I can't remember that group, but the name of the song was Get Lucky, you guys remember that song? The guys with the dyed hair, whatever like that, mm -hmm. but their song, We're Up All Night to Get Lucky, yeah. We're Up All Night to Get Lucky. Now think about how you got the beat playing, the drum beats. You know, and all you're hearing is, we're up all night to get lucky. You're all up, you're up all night to get lucky. And it's just, it's hypnotizing you. It's going on and on and on. You're hearing something repeatedly. Then people wonder why you can't get a song outside of your head. You know, we're up all night to get some. She's up all night for this. I'm up all night to get lucky. Now, songs like that. When I first recognized that enchantments play through music was when I heard that song. Because it was repeated, like just consistent to the point where you couldn't help but not think about it. Good, Jack. Doesn't the word luck have to do with Satan? Also? Absolutely. That's the other thing. That's a great point. You know, that word lucky is Lucifer. What does lucky mean? By chance. Yeah. What do the people who created this world believe it's by chance? chance? Or they yeah. believe the world was made by chance. Lucky is short for Lucifer. You know, and that's why I tell people they love to put laugh out loud. That laugh out loud means Lucifer our Lord. Mm -hmm. Because almost nobody laughs out loud when they text it. No. You're just doing that so you don't offend the other person. But how many people actually laugh out loud? And they don't know that a lot of journalists and novelists in the occult world, that laugh out loud is Lucifer our Lord. That's what they signed and they brought it into the culture through enchantment yep. to get people to believe it. Mm -hmm. You want to say something else? No, so that was a great point. I'm glad that oh, came out. Yeah. So that's what an enchanter is. So we're not supposed to be involved in this. What did John Todd say? That music is thousands of years old. Yeah. Why? To cast spells on people through enchantment. Mm -hmm. What did they say? Or this uh, psychologist say? That it's supposed to um, induce spells on you or, or put you in a trance-like state or, or something like that, this guy said. I can't remember exactly, but he talked about how it, um, oh, hypnotic trance inducer. Mm -hmm. And um, it says that allows post-hypnotic suggestions. So this is why, if this is playing through the music, imagine what it does to you. This is a form of enchantment. I know it's, people like to laugh and, and scoff at it, but I believe it's true that with a lot of these records, you play them backwards and you're going to actually hear Oh, it yeah, that's what he said, said through yeah. witch music. Yeah. Absolutely. And then it says, or a witch. Or a charmer. A charmer is someone that will give you gems and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, or a consulter with familiar spirits. Or a wizard. Or a necromancer. For all that that for all uh, that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Okay, so we know that these things are an abomination to the Lord. And the devil loves to hide his tricks in plain sight. Mm. This is why we wear the full armor, because you don't know what's affecting you. You don't know what it's doing to you on a day-to-day -day basis just sitting there. Then you wonder why you have lust in your heart. You want to have women and do these things. These are, you know, hypnotic trances, suggestions. 
Hypnotism is enchantment. Okay, that's the same type of word. It's just brought to modern terms. Right. Let's go to uh, Colossians 3. So, you know, it's not about killing anyone's fun, but people got to understand, man, that Satan is, the Bible already says he was perfect in wisdom and in beauty. You think when he fell, that changed? He may not have been perfect in wisdom anymore, but he was still way smarter than we are. Oh, yeah. He understands the spirit realm. Think about this. Satan was once at the throne of God, but people want to act like this is a new thing. You know, where Satan's been, we have never been before. Uh -uh. He can tell you what's right next to the throne. He can tell you how the Lord, uh, Jesus Christ, interacts with the Father. He can tell you about Holy Ghost power. He once had it. Okay, so we got to think about this. Mm -hmm. This guy saw everything in heaven. So what, what he had forgotten, we, most of us haven't even learned yet. So this is what we got to understand. Exactly. Where we're trying to go, he's been there and done that. So we need to take our adversary seriously and fall up under the Lord. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, Colossians 3, and we'll start at verse uh, 15. Colossians three fifteen, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, uh, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing like warning one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now, this is what we're supposed to do. So Paul's repeating this, like they said, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Absolutely. But these are the ways that we worship the Lord, through praise and worship. If you look at secular music, it's all about you. You're, you're making unnecessary noises you don't need to make. You know, it's really about what the Lord did for you in your life, but it's really about you. You're standing in front of the Lord, just like Lucifer did, seeking worship for yourself. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, one more thing. I just want to read this one song. I don't know if anyone has ever heard this. There are many modern songs like this where a lot of stuff gets out, you know, where they talk about some really satanic things. But um, this is the Rolling Stones song because a lot of people don't know that a lot of African beats and drummers that they had, they knew how to get to the spirit realm just by certain beats. That's why they would do their chants and their dances. That would open them up to the spirit realm. So music is metaphysical. Mm -hmm. This is how they, the shamans would hear things and get messages, witch doctors. The Indians, the Native Americans knew about this, playing beats. What do you see today? The same thing with Beyonce, Lady Gaga, all these people. You know, John Todd said, you have got to be a witch to get a record deal. If it was true in the 70s, it's definitely true now. That music then moved on totally against Christ, as debased and defiled as you can possibly imagine. Well, Beyonce admitted it on TV, on an interview, that she becomes Sasha fierce, that she can't sing anywhere near the capability of Sasha Fierce can. That's right. So she talks about openly going into a trance before she sings. Well, I believe it. 
You know, I be, I totally believe it. And I mean, a lot of them. Jay Z, who's he calls himself? Jigger? Mm-hmm. Jehovah. You know, that's the, that's the demon that named him. Who else? Lady Gaga. That's not her real name. No. Who does Nicki Minaj call herself? Barbie. These are the names of these alter egos, which are none other than Slim demons Shady. that possess these people. What's up? Said Slim Shady. Slim Shady. Oh, yeah. You know, or Eminem. I mean, so it's just all these different names. People take them, oh, man, that name is cool. You don't understand where that name came from and how they came to it. Mm-hmm. That's the demons that are in these people. And, you know, we pray for their soul. It's not all about bashing these people, but more people need to see the truth in Jesus Christ. Exactly. Now, this is the Rolling Stones um, lyrics to the song Sympathy for the Devil. Have you guys ever heard this? I mean, this song is as debased as you can possibly think of, but it was done with the African beats. So they had the African, um, you know, um, zoo, um, voodoo beats. And they were sitting there singing a song that most of America never paid attention to. This is how it goes. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. Now, you know that's not Jesus, okay? Because the Lord didn't come that way. We know from Colossians 2, the way to God's kingdom is down. So he's a man of wealth and taste. He's been around for a long, long year, like a long, long age, okay? And then it says stole uh, many a man's soul and faith. So many men's souls and faith that this man of wealth and taste has taken from you. Then it says, I was around when Jesus Christ uh, had his moment of doubt and pain. So he was around when Jesus was in Gethsemane, you know, praying to get out of it. He was that serpent that was trying to tell Jesus to give it all up. Why even try? Give up. And he was the one that tortured him on the cross. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the devil singing about what he's done. Next line. Made, you know, D-A-M-N sure that Pilate washed his hands and sealed his fate. So now you know what spirit was operating then when Pilate wanted to let Jesus go and the religious crowd was talking about crucify him. Now you know it was the spirit of Antichrist that was there. Mm-hmm. It said... Uh, pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. <laughs> but what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. Okay, so you got to understand. Yeah, he may say, yeah, it's not that I'm confusing you with who I am. It's the nature of my game that's got everybody. When he can sit here and sing a song and crowds can go crazy. Tons of Christians there. This was a real popular song. Mm-hmm. People would lose their minds when this played, but none of them understood what was being said. There's a reason for that, too. Uh, I stuck around St. Petersburg when I saw it uh, was a time for a change. Killed the czar and his ministers. Anastasia screamed in vain. So, you know, this is like, a, you know, like the Russian thing that was going on during that time. Lenin and all. Uh, I rode a tank, held a general's rank. When the Blitzkrieg raged and the body stank. So this, he was involved in war. World War II went on. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. Oh, yeah. I watched with glee while your kings and queens uh, fought for uh, 10 decades. For the gods they made, I shouted out, who killed the Kennedys? Uh, when after all, it was you and me. I mean, this is just telling you straight out what he's like. 
the devil loves to do this, and this is exactly what plays out in Hollywood when you watch movies that you think are so, you know, entertaining. You know, the devil loves to make fun of you by telling you what he's doing to you. Uh, let me please introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste, and I lay traps for troubadours uh, who get killed before they reach Bombay. You know, troubadours are like, you know, like big musicians, like top guys. And it says, who get killed before they reach Bombay. Now, he's killed just about every celebrity you can think of. You see, when the devil's through with you, he throws you away. Just ask Biggie Smalls. Ask Tupac. Ask Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston. Prince. Ask Prince. You know, who else is gone? Muhammad Ali, even though he's not a, he was an entertainer. Robin Williams. David Bowie, Robin Williams, you name all those guys, Jimi Hendrix and the whole crew. You know, they all fell. Uh, pleased to meet you. Hope you guessed my name. Oh, yeah. But what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not going to read the rest of this, but, well, matter of fact, I should because I just looked at something. It says, pleased to meet you. Hope you guessed my name. Oh, yeah. But what's confusing you is the nature of my game. Just as every cop is a criminal and all the sinners saints, and all the sinners are saints, as heads as tails, just call me Lucifer. Now that's where I'm going to stop it right there. But just trying to tell people that you're not going to think of something like this. A normal human being wouldn't write this. No. This was demonically inspired to even bring up all the ages and where the devil did his damage. And for the natural-minded people that don't want to believe it, they think he was just some poet, whatever. I'm not even talking to you. I'm talking to the person that wants to hear the truth and to know the difference between spiritual warfare and attacks and what's carnal mm -hmm. and what's of God. And the fact that he used Lucifer's name to give it away. Yeah, they got a TV show, like you said, called yeah. Lucifer about some suave, slick guy that goes around town, everybody knows, solving problems. They're getting people ready for the Antichrist. It's that simple. Let's go to Psalm 100. Then I'm going to do one other thing. and um, It's funny that they open with let me introduce myself. Because mm -hmm. Jay-Z, before a song, says, allow me to reintroduce myself. Yeah, that's Satan coming that back. Uh -huh. But notice you said reintroduce myself. That's funny. All right, Psalm 100, verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, and come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord is, I mean, the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. So the glory goes to the Lord. This is how we glorify the Lord. Um, there was one other quick thing. I'd probably look at the um, first page. 
I'm just going to read this one thing real quick. And like I said, the rest of this stuff we'll put on the uh, website. I'll ask Martin to. But I just want to bring up this real point. It says, uh, The Devil is Really in the Music by Babylon Forsaken Ministries. Amen. Songs that promote fornication, rebellion, drugs, drinking, violence, rape, murder, fighting, lust, anarchy, false religion, the new age, etc. are obviously satanic and are spreading openly of the message of Lucifer. Yet Satan has even more sinister ways of adding his message to a song. In this study, we are going to expose these wiles of the devil, backmasking the subliminal messages. Backmasking has been uh, found in rock music for decades. Why does Satan backmask? Uh, to gain mind control. The alcohol, tobacco, and retail industries spend millions of dollars yearly on subliminal programming. Uh, shops use it to fight shoplifting. Um, now, you know that this is true. I mean, remember what you said about the mind control? You said you watched a documentary of how Michael Jackson was telling Oprah that when oh, he yeah. grabbed his crotch that it wasn't him, that it was the mind control that had him doing that. It was the music and the beat. He said it was it was uncontrollable. He could not control himself when he did it. Right, because they filled this kid full of demons with sodomy, homosexuality, and all other kinds of acts that they would do to him. Music industry is a dirty business. Enchantment is a form of spell casting, primarily involving mind control. Enchanters dispatch or assign wicked spirits to objects and places for whatever purpose uh, the spells call for. Enchantment controls the mind and is one of the most powerful spells that can be cast on a person. David Meyer, ex-occultist. Now this guy's an ex-occultist, so he lived that realm. Jimi Hendrix revealed the conspiracy of subliminals 20 years ago. I don't know how long ago this was, because you know he died in 1970. Mm -hmm. So you would imagine that this is 1990 they're talking, but, you know, well, either way, he said 20 years ago. Atmospheres are going to come through music. That means like portals, because music is in a spiritual thing of its own. You hypnotize people to where they go right back to their natural state, when it, uh, which is pure positive. And when you get people uh, at that weakest point, you can preach into the subconscious that we want to say. Questions. Uh, who is meant we, I mean meant by we, in the above uh, quote? Answer. Jimi Hendrix and his demons. Because he said what we want to say. He didn't say what I want to say, unless he was talking about other artists. Mm -hmm. People want a release or won't release any kind, any kind of way nowadays. Uh, the idea is to release in the proper form, then they'll feel like going into another world, a clearer world. The music flows from the air. That is why I connect with the spirit. And when they come down off, his, off this natural high, they see clearer, feel different things. This is what Jimi Hendrix said. And that's why the person said, the prince of the power of the air that now works in the children of disobedience. Uh... Let's go to, I'm going to go to Demons on Records real quick. 
because it says the other one says invoking the devil. Oh, I should just do that. Invoking the devil. How the satanic messages get onto the albums is a mystery. But the testimony of Elaine, a former Satanist or satanic high priestess, gives a good clue. At least as far as the usual rock albums are concerned, the rock rhythm and style is itself an invocation to demonic powers to participate. Rocker David Bowie says, Rock has always been the devil's music. If demons are invoked through rock, then it is understandable that they will sing in duo with the artist. And as fans around the world listen and join in the songs, they form a planetary choir of satanic praise. Now, this is true. This is what Beyonce was talking about, her Sasha Fierce, you know, or whomever, you know, singing right along with them. And people in the crowds will do the same. And Christian rock, is Christian rock more dangerous than secular rock than secular rock and roll. Yes, it is more deadly because it's disguised and pulling blindfolds over Christian eyes mm -hmm. is something in which Satan delights. Godwin includes a testimony of Elaine who for 17 years was a servant of Satan. She began a high priestess and also attained a high position of natural leadership in the U.S. Elaine eventually rejected Satan and was saved through the faith of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, Demons on Records. Part of her testimony as related to rock follows. I'm just going to read this and then we'll, we'll conclude. Because of the high position I held for so many years, I was involved in the planning of many of the destructive influences uh, Satan has brought to the U.S. and other countries. Satan is real. Demons are real. I can tell you from my own personal experience, but you don't have to take my words for this. Simply read God's word. Like so many other things, the whole movement of rock music was carefully planned and carried out by Satan and his servants from the very beginning. Rock music didn't just happen. It was carefully masterminded. It was a carefully masterminded plan by none other than Satan himself. Now, you guys know one of his servants was Aleister Crowley that said, Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. He's on the Beatles album, and this guy, that's what Jay-Z says. And this guy is credited for rock music in the world. Now, he was considered the beast, like the most wickedest man alive. Right. Aleister Crowley. Uh, I have personally met a great number of rock stars. They have all agreed to serve Satan in return for money and fame. This is what the rappers are dealing with. Uh, they have received all they wanted, but also so much more than they didn't expect. Their very lives and souls are, and in many cases have been, uh, destroyed. These rock stars know exactly what they are doing. They are, <coughs> excuse me, step by step teaching untold millions of young people to worship and serve Satan. I must be getting to the good part. Devil trying to, you know, mess with my throat right now. We'll read this and then I'll be done. Uh, I attended special ceremonies in various uh, recording studios throughout the U.S. for a purpose, or for the purpose of placing satanic blessing on the rock music recorded. We did incantations, which is enchantments, 
um, which placed demons on every record and tape of rock music that was sold. At times, we also called up special demons who spoke on the recordings. The various back mask uh, messages also, in many recordings, we were ourselves recorded in the background uh, masked by the overall noise of the music, doing chants and incantations to summon up more demons every time one of the records or tapes is played. Now, you know, this is probably why when you roll it backwards, you hear the satanic sounds, uh -huh. but also that these things, while they were doing chants in the background, the music, that's why if you notice, satanic music is always louder with certain beats. It's probably trying to also drown out the chants and things that are going on. Okay, um, as the music is played, these demons are summoned into the room to inflict the person playing the music and anyone else who is listening. The purpose of all this mind control. Oh, what is the purpose of all this? Mind control. Mind control not only uh, to give the listeners understanding of the messages about Satan conveyed to them by the music, but also to prevent them from recognizing their need for Jesus. Now, I'm not going to go further than this. I'm just going to... Uh, we're going to place this on the website, but the thing is, this is the second account. This woman, along with John Todd, talked about how this goes on. Ephesians 6, well, let's go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, and then after that, we'll go to uh, um, Ephesians 6, um, or 2 Corinthians 11. <laughs> All right, so we'll go to... Um, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1. We'll start there. Four tiny scriptures and we'll get out of here. I promise. Can I re read a psalm at the end? Yeah. Okay. One of yours? Or a psalm? A psalm. Uh, yes. I mean, it wouldn't matter either way. I'm just wondering. Like, oh, it's, it's one of... Alright. Now, this is why a lot of people, even though what I just said... They will not understand what's being said for this purpose. 2 Corinthians 4, uh, verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, uh, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine through them. Okay, so we have that. So that's telling you that those that don't see this or would hear this are lost. Now we're going to go to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11 real quick. We'll start at verse 1. This is for the religious crowd. The religious, secular music people. It says, Would to God ye could uh, bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means, 
as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should have corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might bear well with him. So you may bear well with Christ if you aren't influenced by this stuff, by another Jesus, because the, the Jesus of the Bible would not accept the contemporary nonsense that you hear today. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't accept Christian rap. He's not, because he's not of that spirit. No. But also with that spirit comes another gospel. You know which one it is? The all-inclusive gospel. You know, God loves everybody. He would never send anyone to a burning hell. Exactly. The spirit of Antichrist. Mm -hmm. So another Jesus, another gospel, another spirit belongs to them that are lost. All right, from here, um, let's go to Psalm 101. And I'll let Sarah have her part, and then we'll conclude from there. No matter of fact, Ephesians 6. Sorry, guys. One more thing. We'll get out of here. We're all going to speed through this. We'll start at verse 13. Because we already talked about the spiritual wickedness and everything like that. Ephesians 6 and 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. This is the evil day, plain and simple. Yep. Um, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So you're not going to be listening to this stuff if you're wearing the breastplate of righteousness. We have to check ourselves and our speech and what we take in. Right. All right? We can't have certain types of intake because it can harm us. But it says girding up our loins with truth. Now, those who don't want to hear this obviously won't have their loins girded up with truth. Why? You're hearing it from the satanic realm, people that live the life that were in it. You're hearing it from past musicians. Mm -hmm. You're hearing it from psychologists. And the word of God speaks against it. Right. So your loins are not girded up with truth if you choose not to accept this. Exactly. And then it says, um, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's the Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. God's word, making melody in, melody in your heart mm -hmm. and joyfulness unto the Lord. Exactly. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You don't think this music is any of the uh, fiery darts? Oh, yeah, it is. Faith comes by what? By hearing. And hearing by the word of God. If you're bathed in that nonsense, then how much faith are you going to have in the Lord? Think about it. Yeah. Your faith will be flawed mm -hmm. because you that stuff makes you cling on to the here and now Everything that is against God. Exactly. And then it says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Helmet of salvation. You're going to walk in the ways of the Lord. Your thoughts will be protected by the Lord. Mm -hmm. That this incantation and enchantment and hypnotizing and the power of suggestion that, these, that this music does will have no effect on your salvation. They will not get in. But the sword of the Spirit, that's the word of God that we fight with. Okay, that's his word right. that speaks against all this stuff that is so ungodly. Exactly. Psalm 101, and then Sarah's going to do her thing, and we'll pray out. You guys will have my word on that. I know I said that.
before, but Psalm 101. It's a short psalm. Everybody there? Mm -hmm. I will sing of mercy and judgment. Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. O when, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside, like turn backwards, that turn to the world. It shall not cleave to me. So the world, the wicked ways of the world will not cleave to you. A forward, like proud or perverse heart, shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look, like a proud look, and a proud heart, will not I suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. And he that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked from the land, that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. So we got to be careful what we take in, what we listen to. The glory of the Lord and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. All right, so Sarah's going to give us a psalm. Uh, which one is it? Sorry. I'm going to read uh, Psalm 66. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Psalm 66. Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his, make his praise glorious. Say unto God, How terrible art thou in thy works! Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee, and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of men. He turned, he turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did, he, there, there, uh, there did we rejoice in him. He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. O bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, thou hast proved us, thou hast tried us, as silver as is tried. Thou broughtest us into the, the net, thou latest affliction upon our loins thou hast caused men to ride over our heads we went through fire and through water but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place I will I will go into thy house with burnt offering I will pay thee my vows which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of faultings Fatlings. Fatlings, thank you. Which the incense of rams, with the incense of rams, I will offer bullocks with goats, Selah. Come and hear, all ye that fear the, fear God, and I will declare 
what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me, and he hath attended to my voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Amen. All right, so if no one has anything to add, I mean, we all have an understanding of the attacks of music, you know, what it, is, what it is that's against the Lord. All these things, Lord, that attack us, that keep us from getting behind that veil, seeking the Lord, these things attack our minds, our hearts, you know, how we look at other people. You can't love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, and soul Mm-mm. and be into that music. And you can't love your neighbor as yourself and be into that music. No. And those are the two commandments that the, that Jesus said to hang all the law and the prophets. Yep. So hopefully with this, we understand, you know, our teaching, you know, the nature of the beats, Satan's secret weapon. And that's what this oh. is going to be called. That's what this is about. One yeah. other thing real quick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I forget how you said it, but the 72 beats thing. Oh, yeah. 72 beats per minute. That's what most songs have today, which is a highly occult number. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's it? Yeah, that's a great point because um, I almost, I thought about bringing that up, but there are many examples concerning that as far as um, 72 beats per minute. I mean, the devil's tricks and plots are everywhere, and that's why I call this Satan's Secret Weapon. And hopefully we understood and that people from this point on will have an understanding of the nature of the beats. So we'll pray up. Dead Sarah. Heavenly Father, I want to come to you tonight, humble before you. Lord, thanking you for another day that you have given to us. Lord, thanking you for another opportunity that you have allowed us to come and to study your word. Lord, and not just study your word, but have knowledge, spiritual knowledge, Lord, godly knowledge on what we should do, Lord, what we should be seeing. Lord, I want to thank you for everything that you've done for us, everything that you've given to us, blessed us with, and bestowed upon us. Lord, we cannot go day to day without you, because you've given us the breath in our lungs. Lord, you've given us another day. And Lord, another day that Satan has not killed us, it's another day that we should be grateful for, Lord. I also want to thank you for your true and holy word and the abilities that you've given us to understand it. Lord, through you sharing your secrets with us. But Lord, we all, all of us need to seek a greater relationship with you. Because the enemy, he does come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that's exactly what he wants to do. Lord, I believe that Satan is afraid of this ministry because we are bringing forth the truth. And I'm praying, Lord, that we will have no fear and that we will continue to bring forth the truth through your Holy Spirit. Lord, and I'm praying today that you will be in this ministry. Lord, let your will be done in this ministry. That we will be bold. That we will have no fear of trials and tribulations. That we will have no fear of persecution. That we will have no fear of loss of job. Because the enemy is really trying to stop this ministry from going forward. But Lord, we have to let your will be done. And we have to stay focused on you and your will for our lives. And Lord, you have a spiritual gift that is in all of us. And Lord, I pray that we will come to you. Lord, that we will humble ourselves and submit ourselves to you to seek what that is. 
Let your Holy Spirit reign in our lives, Lord. I pray that you be with Martin, that you touch your lives, Lord. Use their gift of evangelizing. Lord, be with Eric and Holly, that you would touch your lives, Lord. Show them what their spiritual gift is. And bless their little son, Jackson. Lord, be with Jay. Continue to use him with his gift of evangelizing. Mikhail, Lord, show him. If he has the gift of teaching or evangelizing or what it is, Lord, touch him. Lord, and be with others that are a part of this ministry as well, that you touch their lives, Lord, Dan and Tracy. Lord, and be with all others, that you would guide and direct and lead their lives, Lord. Show them. Lord, and be with those that may have gone a different direction. Lord, be with those that are struggling in their lives, that you touch them, Lord, and bring them to you before it's too late. Lord, I pray that you would be with Tina and Samantha and Bonnie and her daughter, Cammie and her husband and sister, and so many others tonight, Lord. Touch these individuals' lives. Lord, be with everyone that we've come in contact with. Lord, touch their lives. Lord, be with those that are bound up by false religions tonight. Be with those that are bound up by atheism and evolution, Lord, to show them to guide and direct and lead their lives, Lord, to show them that there's only two ways to believe in this life, and either we are believing in you, Lord Jesus, or we're following after Satan. And, Lord, he is so trying to use his devices to destroy the church, the true church, because he has already taken over this world, Lord. He is the, the prince of the air. And I'm asking and praying tonight, Lord, that you build us all up, that you make us spiritually strong, that we would be given into prayer and fasting to kill off this fleshly nature, Lord, that we would seek after righteousness, that we would be sanctified unto pureness, Lord, that you show us what we need to do, that we would study your word, Lord, that we take this walk with you more seriously, that you guide and direct and lead our lives. And Lord, I'm also asking and praying that you put an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon this ministry that eventually we get to having not just faith, but the gifts of faith. Lord, that we are doing the works of the ministry, that we are going to heal the sick, Lord, open blind eyes, raise the dead, speak in new tongues, whatever you've called us to do, Lord, within this ministry, but that we prophesy, Lord. This is about spiritual edification. This is about bringing lost souls to you so they can be a part of the body of Christ, so they can go out and as well and proclaim the gospel of Christ. That's what we should be doing, Lord. Show us what we need to do. That the enemy have no power within us, Lord. If we are bound by feelings and emotions, if we've been deceived and distracted by the enemy's devices, I'm praying tonight that in the name of Jesus, all those demonic attacks will be casted out. Lord, I thank you again for another day that you've given to us. And I pray that you would guide and direct and lead us, Lord. I pray that you build us up every day to bring lost souls to you. I pray that we would take on the full armor of God, because that is our defense against the enemy. Place your shield of protection around and guide and direct and lead us, Lord. I pray that you also be with Derek, that you continue to guide and direct and lead his life. Be with Brian and Chantel as well. Be with James and so many others tonight that you watch over them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.